0: it's margot tantow here welcome to windowsill chats a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious i am so glad you're here i've spent decades working with artists and being one myself i've spent time in the trenches figuring out the best way to get something made how to put oneself out there and how to get your work noticed and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee, maybe your paint water, a glass of wine, and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Lovelies, welcome back to the windowsill. And if it is your first time here, I'm glad you found me. I have a delightful guest today, Brandy Kincaid. I was introduced to her by my sweet sis who sent me her Instagram. Well, I wasn't introduced to her. I had already followed her, but Shelly reminded me that she was awesome. And it's very true. She said, you should talk to her. So I agreed. And here we are. Brandy lives in the Pacific Northwest, a couple hours from where I do. She considers herself a tiny treasure seeker, an eavesdropper, a paper lover, and a voracious reader. Brandy lives with her very tall husband and very small dog in the Northwest corner of the U.S. She spends her days making messes and sending extravagant hope by mail all over the world. And when she's not busy with those things, you can find her in the thrift stores and used bookshops. Journaling of all kinds is the way she makes sense of the weird, weary, wonderful world. And oh my goodness, I couldn't agree more. Brandy's Instagram is kind of the hub of what she does. It's the best way to find out what's happening. And her link tree there is very easy to navigate. So her Instagram is Brandy underscore Kincaid. That's B-R-A-N-D-I underscore K-I-N-C-A-I-D. And have a listen to this wonderful conversation because Brandy is just such a thoughtful, empathetic, wonderful person. And she's very real and so is this conversation, and so is her work, and what she puts out into the world for all of you. So welcome, and here is Brandy. Brandy, thanks so much for being here today. It's a treat to have you.
1: I'm so glad to be here.
0: Thanks. You know, to me, you're just someone who is so openly positive and helpful and honest and welcomes that from your followers and and I just, I love that. I love your, your work and what you do and what you're putting out into the world. And I, I would really like you to share a little bit about how you got where you are.
1: Yeah, well, that's such a nice, that's such a nice thing to say. Okay, so... Wow. I feel like I just went on a walk with a neighbor last night and Mm -hmm. we were doing the kind of get to know you, like, what do you do for a living? And it's very hard for me to describe to people what I do for a living. I end up in this tangled web, you know, and I end up blurting out like paper, I send paper, Um, which, you know, is not really what I do, but there's a little more to it. Right. I was trying, I finally just stopped myself and I said, I need to give you context (laughs) (laughs) to give a framework to this. But, you know, I am living out in Pacific Northwest with my husband and tiny dog, and I work primarily for myself. I run a small business, except for one day a week, I work at our local art and history museum so that I leave the house and put on big girl clothes and, you know, do the things. And I've been doing that since I started working for myself, and that's where I encounter the world. So it's really amazing. But um, at my core, I think I am a writer and illustrator. And the way I'm using that right now is through a mailing called Extravagant Hope, which I send out every month all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like the pen pal you never had or wish you had or stopped writing mm-hmm. to <laughs> at some yeah. point. she's back. Yeah. I design all the pieces inside of it. And it's essentially an envelope full of extravagant hope, a kind of hope that is stubborn and Unwilling to be just cute and pretty, to hold the hardness of life next to a life that's willing to be worked for. For me, hope is a, a practice and not a promise. So everything that I make and put out into the world is with the intention that we do the work to make it come alive. And so in these mailers, I get to write letters and recommend books and music playlists and, you know, stickers and paper too. Mm,
0: I love the, the way you put that is so enticing. It's who doesn't need that?
1: I mean, that's my hope, right? So what I found though is that we, I mean, when I started it, I was like, maybe no one needs this. Maybe it's just me. And then I realized like, we, we all really need this. It's hard to be human. Uh, It's beautiful and it's hard. And so the reminder that we're not alone, which here's the way I can do it. I can do it by sending you something in the mail that is not a bill that just shows up and kind of sits beside you and so that's kind of what i'm spending my most of my time on i also do journaling and classes for that and but it all kind of comes into that bubble of living out hope in a kind of action forward
0: way oh i'd love to dig into that a little more and i know you you have a cap on that cuz it's it's full right now i how do you manage that how do you figure <laughs> out how much hope you can send out
1: Yeah. Um, So I do send out quite a bit of hope every month. And I'm so thankful for that. It's just me. And it's um, essential for my livelihood and well being. But again, it is just me doing it. So not only do I design and come up with every piece that's inside and have it made and then put it together, but I package them all up. I write a handwritten note that goes inside every one of them. So usually I cap it at what I can physically in my body responsibly do. Um, right. it takes me about four to five days every month to put them together and send them out because each one I sit with for a second, I write the person a note, um, on the pep talk card and I just hold hope for them for a second. And that's what I love is I see these names month after month and I get new ones and people mm-hmm. come and go and return and, you know, when it's needed, but I feel like these are my friends and family too. Like these are people that I've now connected with Yeah, for and, sure. you know, kind of hold on. So I just, I had hit my cap and then someone had asked about them and I went back and crunched some numbers and I thought I'll open up a few more just in case anyone missed it. People miss things these days, especially with the way Instagram is and with, and I'm not the world's best marketer. It's not my joy in life. I'm not a salesperson. So it's hard for me to do that, to remind people I have this thing that I'm offering. So I just kind of went a little higher this month and usually my numbers rise when we are most tender in the world, mm-hmm. when things happen mm-hmm. um, or around certain months like November, or I usually get a little influx as we need the reminder that there is something softer out there that can kind of hold us in the midst yeah. of it. So. We'll get to the other
0: side of this, yeah, if we hope together or we can share the sentiment of that, yeah,, uh, I love that. I noticed. I don't know where I found it. It was somewhere, maybe it was on your Instagram, but it was a comment and it said, thank you for your pep talks, your kindness, your presence, your authenticity. It makes the biggest difference. I mean, that's kind of the ultimate, I think, for those of us trying to help make a difference for others while while we're putting our creative souls out there in some way or another.
1: And we don't always get to know. I mean, we don't always know the difference that we're making. If we're making one at all, I believe we are, but you know. I can hold that space, that question. Um, and so when others do articulate that, that's such a gift.
0: It really is. So creatively, you have some really cool products and, and sentiment. So you're obviously a writer and a, and a creative too. Have you always put it together in this way or has your path held many different things?
1: Yeah, I've lived a lot of lives before this one. We are actually, so we moved out to the Pacific Northwest and- 2008 from um savannah georgia oh wow! my Big husband mouth. was finished yeah it's very different my husband was finishing up his master's there i grew up we both grew up on the east coast um, between connecticut and virginia and georgia okay. and so we moved out here for me to go to grad school so my graduate degree is in literature mm. with a focus on rhetoric and pedagogy um, and i finished that up i really loved teaching just adored it and the higher education realm is not necessarily always the place for those who love teaching. It's a hard <laughs> way to make a living.
0: There's politics um, involved.
1: There's a lot of politics, and I don't do that very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not ambitious in that way. And so we would have had to leave uh, the city that we're in that we love so deeply in mm. order for me to pursue that further. And I just wasn't feeling it. So I just got to. I got a customer service job. And then as is my way, like a year later, I was the manager of a customer service team for the U S and Canada with <laughs> a ton of employees reporting to me and was working 80 hours a week. And on I the see. side to stay sane, I was drawing pictures and putting them on Instagram, just uh-huh. little doodles. Uh, I started the hundred day project and shared mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And that kind of grew and grew. And I fostered a community of people that really encouraged me. And I started designing products for other people, Mm -hmm. which was really a great way to create those relationships. And then in 2020, when the world was kind of in flux, there wasn't as much to lose. I mean, everything felt so new and different for a lot of us. And I really decided I was ready to maybe try doing something on my own. Mm -hmm. and that's when I started putting my words and the images together a little bit more and deciding I just want to do this my way, not the way anyone says I should do it. Right. And that's what kind of clicked all of those pieces together. Love
0: that. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think obviously your passion for writing so much so that you studied it so deeply and then knowing that, well, what's the path? I think often in our... I don't know career choices or school choices or whatever that ends up looking like. We think, oh, obviously I'm going to do X, I'm going to teach, or I'm going to work here, or whatever it is, and well, it's not always up to us. Or we get into it and think, oh, I, am I alive here? Yeah. And yeah. I just love that that you put those two things together because just I have your page open and it's just it's one of those things when I look at it. Well, your color sense is super appealing, but I. I don't want to miss anything. It's like, I want to read post after post after post because they're all slightly different and they all resonate. And I just, they feel like a a small gift, you know, there's, there's just a lot there.
1: I'm really proud of that space. Not that I always am friends with that space. I think social media is something (laughs) that we all struggle with and I don't, you know, need to harp on that more than anyone else has. But one of my rules for myself for being in that space and maintaining it is to always do what feels most right to me at the moment. So I really follow no rules. And this could be to my detriment, and I don't care about when I post, how long I have very long captions and I love them. I'm I'm wordy and words yeah. are important to me. And it matters to me to say exactly what I mean. And so I unapologetically show up in that space the way I most want to at the Love time. That. And so regardless of whether that works in the end or not, I go back into it and I feel a sense of like, okay, I'm, I'm proud that I showed up the way I wanted to, um, in the way that's most true to me, which doesn't have to be the same as someone else, but right.
0: I think, you know, last week I was talking to Mackenzie Jones, who does social media for windowsill chats. And we chatted a lot about this and I've always subscribe to that outlook where ideally if i'm not posting something that doesn't feel like me then it's not going to be real and and i don't want to show up other than myself so i might not be posting cuz i i'm not in that space or whatever it is but i think i think the realness you know coming away from oh it has to look a certain way or you should have this mix or whatever when you start to feel that realness and show up with it obviously people raise their hand. Let me, I want more of you.
1: Yeah. I was rereading something that I had said, I was looking for something the other day and I, it was such a good reminder. I was saying like the shoulds are so often not true. It's like when people say, you know, like books are dead, no one reads anymore. So we're just going to do whatever. And everyone kind of panics like, no, I don't want books. But books aren't really dead. I mean, we still, you know, or they're like, you know, everything is video. There's no photos, and don't do that because everyone only wants video. That's not true either. No. People want the most true, most connectable thing that they ha- can find in that moment from the person who can offer it. And that might be a video, but it might just be a photo of one orange. And it's just when we get into that, like, that idea of like, should, 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 it's that that kind of I think is the most dangerous to how we are able to express ourselves and show up as ourselves.
0: I agree, and I think with many of your words, they're so encouraging to that exact thing. It's you know you send out hope, but you show up with positivity or even just to I don't know if it was today, but um a recent one is just like where are you right now? just just bring yourself right here as you are, you know, tender or tired right and yeah. and I think that's what so many of us long to hear is you can just be yourself and i think i know for me personally and i've meant talked about this a couple of times it's that's a practice too showing up as yourself it really is
1: yeah it really is
0: and it's it's very worthwhile but it's not always easy
1: oh no no no, no. it's not easy Bringing your tender self to the table is one of the hardest things that we do, I think, but also one of the most important and not just because someone else gets to see it and then can relate to it. But I think sometimes that's where we most meet ourselves. That's where we most see what's going on. That kind of vulnerability that's just to show up. I have an illustration of a potato with a little heart and hands. And I I say something about feeling like a tender tater. Um, And I usually put it up when I'm feeling most like a tender tater and other people are so quick to respond Mm. because I, sometimes I don't even realize what's on. I just feel like something's not right. I feel a little restless. And then when I can articulate, I'm feeling tender. It's not Mm. happy, sad, good, bad. It's not that binary. It's just tenderness and putting Mm -hmm. that out there, like making a space for it. Suddenly I can feel myself and others being like, oh yeah, this is just tenderness. I am just alive in the world and feeling it good and bad. And both are a lot. We act like it's just the hard stuff that's heavy, but it's not true. Joy is heavy too, because it gives it, it expects something of us that sometimes we're not ready to give. So like being tender says, this is where I am right now. Um, And that's kind of a good invitation.
0: It's such a good invitation. That's really got me thinking. I wrote down, bring your tender self to the table. That's where we most meet ourselves. I think that's such a perfect word. I forget about that word. And it really, like you said, it's not, you can't always be yes or no, even though we feel like we should, but just like you mentioned, like showing up in joy, you should be joyful or you should be this way or that way. And, and maybe you are, but maybe you're trying to figure out how to pick your kid up from school on time or what there's all the things and tender tender is a grace filled place to be. You know, it's generous. I think if you can share your tender parts, um, that's where the honesty is, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That was a nice chat.
1: (laughs) I love that. I love
0: that so much. And I think many times I feel like your words come from that place. They come from a um, just from the outside looking in. It feels they feel very honest, but not that like cloying. How are you really kind of thing? It's it's more just like, hey, here's where I am. I, I see you and, uh, come hang out if you want to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, that gives more permission. I think it's easier to have permission that way. Yeah. Which is great. Tell me a bit about your journaling. Cause it's, there was another, there was another comment on that that said something like, I wish this was a library book I could check out. I just thought that was a, <laughs> a great comment. Your journaling is yeah. magical as well. And, and that's something you've, you've created a habit for yourself. Can you Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so journaling is a huge part of my life and has been forever. It just takes different forms in different seasons, and often multiple forms in the same season. I just released a class um, teaching journaling, a class called Puzzling that I did mm-hmm. with Get Messy, and that's looking at a form I've been doing since mm, about twenty twenty I think. That is kind of a hybrid of. Written like long form journaling, but maybe in some shorter like I'm breaking it up a bit. And my previous um kind of memory keeping or way of like putting my story down on paper with my need to collect every scrap that I encounter in the world. Yes. Um, you know, every grocery list that someone has dropped on the ground or like, you know, the wrapper of a this crayon. It's gonna be good smashed. for something. Yes. It's yeah, I need to keep it forever. And that's a place journaling in that form allows me to put everything in a place and to kind of give it some kind of structure. And it's the same kind of technique that I'm using in my current journal, which I started, oh goodness, I think the beginning of May. 2023 Mm -hmm. has been a really interesting year for me personally, just very challenging.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And honestly, I say that, but everyone I know, 2023, I don't know what is happening with this year, but it's a special one. We're all feeling it. It's a weird, it's a high
0: feeling year,
1: and I got this impulse to start a new journal. Where that's what it was. It wasn't
0: starting journaling. It was starting this new journal. Yes, I
1: wanted to start a new journal, and I wanted to be able to write more in it, kind of like my long form. But I didn't Mm -hmm. want to only write. I wanted to draw some pictures because I hadn't just drawn with, like a pen and you know, on paper for a while. And to maybe put some of my stickers in it, just really simple, nothing too Mm. fussy. I grabbed a little like A5, you know, dot grid notebook, nothing fancy at all, and just got started. And it was the the best decision I made. Did I Mm. already have three journals that I was working in? Absolutely. Did it make any sense to start a new one? No. But I felt that like tickle inside where I was like, "I, I need something new. And I gave myself permission to just do it. And now I'm three months in. And I can't imagine if I hadn't had that journal with me these last three months, because I got to tumble all that tenderness Mm. out onto paper, which Mm. there's a certain kind of therapeutic process to that, especially if you're not, I have no intention of how this looks. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be perfect. I think people make comments and they like looking at it because they're looking at it from the outside at a finished page. right? And so the same way we would to theirs. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. always beautiful from the outside, Uh, but it has been a place where I literally just put the pieces of the day because I pick it up and put it down as I have time. So I just put pieces on it. And now when I look back, if I were to tell you and you said, how's the last three months, I've been like, well, you know, this surgery and this diagnosis and this medicine and this person. And when I look in that journal, sure, those things are there, but also oh, that bowl of yogurt that I ate with the strawberries that was amazing. And that movie we saw and the way that bird was singing outside the window and the color of that leaf that I happened upon and the actual grocery list that I picked up on the side where someone was clearly having taco night. And those are the things that we miss when we don't put it down somewhere. I mean, it doesn't have to be a journal, but when we don't hold on a little bit to it.
0: That's so interesting. It's so true. I even think often when I'm having a conversation with someone, Oh, I'll remember that or, you, you know, whatever it is, but, but those, if you can look through the, maybe the gray bits and see that bowl of yogurt was amazing or the way the shadow fell or you know, the bird that flew over me and it, you know, was this color. And, huh, I am not a journaler. And I was going to say, I don't know why. I guess it's because I never really have. And I don't consider myself a writer, but every once in a while, I'll find like a journal that has like five pages in it from, you know, when I was a lot younger or something was happening. And it's fascinating to see like, oh my gosh, it takes you right back there. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I have one from a solo overnight or two at camp when I was 14 or 15. And, and it's, I'm so glad I do. I would never, you know, otherwise it's just like, oh, that happened. Right. What do you think is different about this one? It seems like it feels slightly refreshingly different to you than your, your other ones. How, how do you usually approach, what are your other ones that you have going? How do they differ from each other?
1: So I would say, and I think to answer this, I'm going to tap into something you said in passing just a minute ago, which is you're not a journaler, you know, and you're not sure why. I think you're probably not a certain kind of journaler. Mm, mm. Whatever that has looked like for you, whether it's super artistic or just a lot of writing, like those yeah. haven't been your journals because you haven't found your journal yet. Right. And I right. would bet as creative as you are, you can it's out there will. somewhere. It's there. <laughs> um I tend to have a lot of different kinds. So the ones that I like that I am doing the class on I really like to watercolor. That's my kind of paint method of choice. And, um, so I use like heavy stock watercolor journals that are, you know, linen bound and they can hold a lot on the page. They also, I put a lot of pieces in, so I'm gluing a lot of things in fabric scraps and Mm -hmm. scraps of paper. I, um, adore the security envelopes that you get with like bills and important things because those
0: that's marks free, inside Yeah,
1: free patterned paper. It's beautiful. Good colors. So I always have one of those going okay. with all of those rich pieces, but it's, okay. it needs more of me. I need to sit at a desk to do it. I need mm. to have my toolbox of, and I keep my my tools and the things that I use pretty slim but I need to have that out and ready mm-hmm. I also have a long form journal that's just writing and I'm mm-hmm. just writing okay. it constantly um just free form writing and page after page of words and then the last book that I absolutely always have on hand is my commonplace book which is mm-hmm. a practice I've been doing for oh gosh 20 plus, as long as mm-hmm. I can remember. I think I started my first one in high school. And that's something that I always have one going because that's not me being creative or writing something, and it's me capturing the world and it quotes and mm-hmm. lyrics and things. The difference between the one that I'm keeping every single day now is that it needs very little of me. I keep my house basket out and that has the tools and things that I need in it, which are very minimal. And I do it we've got construction happening at the house next door. So the only quiet room in the house is the guest bedroom. Mm -hmm. So that bed has become my desk this year because it's the only place my poor little dog will kind of chill out and not be panicked with the sound. So he gets in my lap and I put a lap desk kind of over and on him, a little cushy thing. And I can work on that journal right then for five minutes a day, if that's all I've got. And I think for me in this season, that accessibility and the, the least bit of pressure, Mm -hmm. I don't post it so that everyone says like, Oh, that's such a beautiful layout or, you know, wants to do it or buy something from me. It's purely just to tumble out on the page. And that's a Mm -hmm. very freeing, wonderful process. Just saying it like that,
0: you know, to tumble out and, and it's, I'm fascinated by the different approaches you take. I think that's very cool. And that's obviously, all that you have going on in your mind and your creative mind and your writing mind and your curious mind and how how those play out. And I think to to give them different kinds of space is, I mean, it probably just happened that way, but it seems brilliant too, because it's like, oh, this does have a home here. And this one I'd like to save for these thoughts. I like yeah. that a lot.
1: I think there's two kind of permissions that I always want to give in my journaling or anything I do. But one is to do as many different kinds of things as I want that I don't Mm -hmm. have to live in any one box Mm -hmm. and I can have 15 journals if I want to, that all hold a different purpose. I'm allowed to, I'm an adult. This is like the good thing about being an adult. Right. Um, But the other thing is also the permission that I can also combine them. I mean, that's what the puzzling class is about is that it, it's not asking you, you put all of those different kinds of journals together in one. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when you're a, in the middle school cafeteria at lunch and you've got friends at this table and friends at this table and friends at this one and you're trying to figure out where you sit because you're kind of a little bit of everywhere. Yeah, This is, puzzling is like a journal where you put a table right in the middle of the lunchroom and you invite everyone in and it doesn't make sense from the outside, but once it's all together, it's exactly the collection it needs to be.
0: That makes sense. Because really, instead of overthinking what should be in this, it's just, it's more about Um, let me just flow with this and see what, what I can put down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's that whole, like you contain multitudes like, yes.
0: Yeah. So as far as, um, suggesting how to start a practice like that, first of all, it sounds like go check out puzzling for sure. And get with, get messy. And that link will be in the show notes. And it's in, I know it's in your Lincoln bio too. Yeah. So we'll, we'll share that, but as just a general recommendation. If somebody's thinking, Hmm, this sounds intriguing.
1: Yeah. How do I, so, how do I do it? Absolutely. Um, and I'll tell you this, this is in the free lesson. So you would get the same information. I'm not like, getting okay. Things. <laughs> yeah, don't but want to it's take very much at, at the crux of what I do, which is pick any book that feels most comfortable for you. Don't try mm. to Spend time figuring out what the best journal is, like looking at everyone's feed and what feels most comfortable to you. Do you like big or small? Do you want to be able to put it Mm. in your bag or is it okay if it sits on your desk all the time? What kind of paper do you like? Do you want it to be thick enough to hold paint or is it fine if it's just ink or you don't care if it bleeds through? Like that's the first one. And if it's going to be something that you already have on the shelf, because I don't know anyone. (laughs) who doesn't fall prey to owning 75 journals they've never touched or has like one line yeah you can't see what's next to me but this is what we do yes so pick one up up. decide which one most fits your thing right now and then I in the class and in life I call them edges which is Mm -hmm. open your book to a blank page see it as an invitation instead of something to paralyze you Mm -hmm. and put down edge pieces so I call puzzling puzzling because it's like a jigsaw puzzle where you put the edges down first
0: love that
1: you have a a framework from which to put the rest of the puzzle. that immediately
0: works for me yeah I'm an an edge person I'm I'm in the margins all the time
1: yeah so what your edge pieces essentially are your strongholds like what do you what do you know you want on the page what will give you some kind of base Mm -hmm. and we all have something different for me, it's usually a word. I write a big word on the page or a question. Yeah. I start like, I'm asking myself a question, like where will joy live now? And I just write that really big on the page.
0: Wow!
1: Or maybe I have a sticker that I love that I haven't put down on paper because I think I'm saving it for the perfect situation. This is huh. the perfect situation. You put the sticker on the page, you just put a couple big things down without overthinking it. And maybe then you take a break and you come back to it later and you start connecting the dots, essentially putting more pieces in. And maybe that's writing. Maybe it's not. Maybe for you, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, a swash of color from a paintbrush Mm -hmm. or a scrap of fabric, Mm -hmm. Um, whatever is speaking to you. And what happens is the page builds without you having to do as much as you think you have to do from the beginning.
0: I love kind of excited about this, Brandy. I want to start.
1: I just, I really think it's such a good invitation because there it's not about what it looks like in the end. I'm not trying to get you to one right. kind of product. I can show you mine and you can use that as a guide right. if you're unsure, but everyone kind of ends up with their own version because that's seems just important. building. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. It seems more about what are your edges? What comes shows up in the middle? When do you turn the page? What do you start with there? Yeah. I've been doing some work with a, a wonderful practitioner and she's, getting me to do more breath work and more sort of call it meditation. It's really quiet time to get myself centered and focused for the day. And I'm thinking that would be a fantastic time to do this because I'm a, I'm a doodle thinker and I know they've proven now that when often when you draw and doodle, some of us think that way or listen that way, you know? So that kind of makes sense to add some of those things together. To give yeah. yourself that time, that moment to think or reflect. Or I like coming up with a big word or a question. I often wonder, I look at people like you or Sarah Walsh had a post today of of starting to combine some words with her art. And I just thought, you were people, how do you do that? You come up with such eloquent, like it's just like, how did you know? That was just what I wanted to hear. And I just don't feel like I think that way. But I I think when you the way you describe it, it's like, oh. We all have a thought in our head, for heaven's sakes. Stick it down and see what happens. I love that prompt. Yeah. How do you think your practice has, I mean, you told us what you did, but I'd love to know how this practice has evolved over time. Have you found that your art you're creating, both for yourself and for other projects, has really evolved?
1: Yeah. I mean, yes and no. I think at its core it's remained kind of true, which feels good. It feels feels like I'm on the right track, which is I'm always trying to make pieces that tap into what it means to be human, whatever that looks mm-hmm. like, if it's words or pictures or so mm-hmm. that feels good, but um, it has evolved. I think that I've become more trusting of myself mm-hmm. and more trusting of what I most want to show up like, whether that's on a journal page. So I'm not just thinking, well, you know, this is what everyone's doing that I love. I see Mm -hmm. these artists and I'm like, I love that. That's got, that's my style. I want that. Mm -hmm. And what I'm, what I've learned over the years is that can be what I appreciate that then inspires me to do my own thing versus that being my style. And so I've really grown to trust um, what I'm doing quite a bit more and my journals my art journals you know even from a couple of years ago look very different because mm. I needed them to at the time for a long time they were much more sparse mm. um, I did a project and I think I have this as a highlight in my answer I think it's in my Instagram stories highlight I did one year for Lent I gave up being so awful to myself so every time <laughs> during the day I created I bound a journal yeah. and every time I was really unkind to myself in my head really hard on myself, really lacked grace for my own humanity, I went and made a page. Mm. And so they were very simple because I didn't have a lot of time. I just had to go and do this creative act. Um, And they were a very different style than what I'm doing now, but were absolutely in conversation with who I was then. And Mm. so I think that that makes so much sense. It was a brief unkindness to myself and a brief goodness back. And now I'm kind of a jumble in life. There's so much going on. I'm trying to figure out. It feels tangled and messy. And so my pages are a tumbling, tangled kind of web. Um, And they get to reflect beauty back to me. So I get to see if the page can be that tangled and still be beautiful. Then obviously, so can I.
0: Obviously, so can you. So can we, right? That's really... I feels like a gift to yourself, too. If you're if you're going through a lot, you mentioned it sounded like health things and just layers of things, new housework next door. You know, where do we even sit in our own house? And if you can capture those moments, it's a little bit of your own therapy. I love that you gave that up for Lent because really, that's in turn being kind to yourself much better than chocolate, because that's not being kind if you give up chocolate. <laughs>
1: yeah that's very true although I had to give up chocolate recently so I'm feeling (laughs) the the pain of that too sorry um (laughs) but yeah that was and god what a good practice honestly not just the being a little more kind to myself but the the impetus to show up on the page every day to not make an excuse to just Mm. you know be there
0: what are those things you do to help you show up Do you ever have those days where it's like, oh my gosh, or, you know, a series of days where it's, I haven't
1: done anything for five days, not what? Oh, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So usually I, I look to who else has already shown up.
0: Hey there windowsill chats listeners this is your host margot and i'm here to share some new and exciting opportunities with you do you want to dive even deeper into the conversations we have in the windowsill well i have got a treat for you in case you missed it we launched our very own patreon channel a couple of months ago and our community continues to grow and evolve every day. And it's the perfect way for you to get involved and support the continuation of these thought-provoking conversations. Joining our Patreon community allows you to be a crucial part of what we do here and take windowsill chats to the next level. Now, I know what you're thinking, there must be a cost to this, but hold on a sec, guess what? For less than the cost of a single coffee a week, you can become a proud member of our Patreon family. Yep, for just $5 a month, you can support this podcast and ensure that these conversations will continue to be heard. Our Patreon community is where the magic happens. Not only will you get exclusive behind-the-scenes content, early access to new episodes, and bonus conversations with special guests, but you'll also be able to connect with other like-minded listeners who share your passion for artistry, creativity, and learning. By joining Patreon, you're making sure that these conversations keep flowing and I can continue to bring you the diverse perspectives and insights you've come to love. Your support directly impacts the quality and frequency of these episodes and I couldn't do it without you, truly. So if you believe in the power of ideas and the beauty of human connection, I invite you to check out our Patreon page today. Simply head over to patreon.com backslash in the windowsill or just search in the windowsill and select the membership tier that best suits you. Remember, it's less than the cost of one coffee a week but the impact you'll make is truly immeasurable. Thank you for being part of our incredible community and helping us keep these conversations alive and thriving in the windowsill. Your support means the world to me, and I can't wait to see you over on Patreon. That's www.patreon.com in the windowsill. Patreon.com backslash in the windowsill.
1: So for me, I am an avid reader and we have like 18 bookshelves in this house. And so I go to the shelves and I pull off a volume where I know I've like highlighted passage or made margin notes, something that feels like an old friend. Mm -hmm. And I read a really good line, whether it's a poem or a piece of an essay or a novel. And usually that makes me think of something else. So I ping pong to another shelf. And before I know it, I've gone to all the shelves (sighs) and I've got a stack of books in my arms because I've just, you know, and it makes me feel less alone without necessarily having to invite in other voices, our friends and family, and that's lovely. And sometimes we need to both be with ourselves and others in a weird way at the same time. And so for me, books are a great way to do that. Art is a great way to do that, Mm -hmm, going to different mm -hmm. paintings or music. Um, So that's one of the ways when I can't show up me doing something like me producing on days when that happens, which it definitely does. I look to others who have already done it as a way to just still be present and paying attention, um, yeah. and then I take a walk.
0: Oh, I take a walk. The, yeah, that's a good one.
1: I think you're
0: right. When I think about different quotes, I like to read, or or poets, or either contemporary or long, long gone. Um, often, I'm they're just little bits of inspiration that make me remember. Oh, that's right. Yeah, those friends, those old friends. Um, what I'm curious as to what's your process as far as creating new products for your subscription. I'd love to circle back to that because that seems like a really fun and rewarding thing, but something that has to be repeated.
1: Yeah. So I do want to say it front, especially if anyone's listening to this, that has their own, you know, business or process and feels this way every month when I sit down and it's the day is what I'm going to design for future months or, you know. Um, I am absolutely 100% sure that I have no ideas left. There's nothing. I don't. I don't know what I'm doing. This is it. Like no. I've. It's an issue. We've got a problem. <laughs> and every month, it turns out that's not true. Um, so I do a couple of things. One is, you know, I have my commonplace book where I've written down all the things that have inspired me constantly. So that might be a passage from a book I'm reading or lyrics from a song I've been listening to, something like that. Um, I also keep a notebook where I jot down ideas, things that come up. And usually those ideas are something someone said, something someone posted, and it's often an emotion. You know, someone Mm. is feeling this Mm -hmm. way or that way. I'm feeling this way or that way. A friend of mine is feeling a certain way and I've responded. I'm recording those things because it's not so much the end result. Like I end up making a print that's floral and has some words on it. And it's more like what do we most need right now? Where are Mm -hmm. we as a community and what do we need? And that changes Um, hope doesn't always look this. It doesn't always come to us in the same package. And so some months um, I feel like what we're most needing is a gentle softness. Like we just need, it's like going to the nurse's office in school. Like we just need to go sit somewhere for a minute in the quiet and be away from things. And some months, I think we need a little kick in the pants, you know, we need someone to be like, you know what, it is hard, and I'm so sorry it's hard, and what are we going to do next, how are we going to make the world the kind of place we want to live in, Um, so that comes from the emotions that I'm capturing throughout the month. Um, So I'm listening and looking a lot. I'm paying a lot of attention to the world. When people talk to me in the line at the grocery store or at the bus stop or at the museum, or I overhear a conversation outside, all of that to me is what's going into extravagant hope. And then the package just might look different.
0: You know, I was thinking when before I even first asked the question of um like what there's no openings left, I was thinking to myself in my product brain, like, how could she do one for all the people that are going to want to join, you know, like that you don't have to touch everything. But that's the magic of it is that you do, of course. So I just love that it ebbs and flows. And when it opens up, I noticed it in your stories, you know, so is that kind of how you let people know that there's hope for hope?
1: Yeah. So um, it's funny you say that because it's something that I wrestle with, with, you know, what can I streamline to make this, you know, that I could expand, like, how could I actually do this to reach more? Um, And some of the things I'm unwilling to give up and some things I've changed. I write a long letter, a one page letter. I keep it to one page, which is amazing. Every month that goes inside the mailer. And for the first, I don't know how many years I was signing each one by hand. Mm hmm. And I realized at some point it had to be that or writing the note and the note was more important to me. So like that switch, but there are some things that feel non-negotiable to me. I want it to be a physical piece of mail that people have to receive in their mailbox and open. I've yeah. done digital things before and actually extravagant hope started as a digital thing that I offered one year, but digital, while there's a lot of benefit to it, not everyone actually after they purchase it open and use it. And it's easy to forget. It's easy to overlook Mm -hmm. or to wait on. And when something shows up in your box, you kind of have to be with it for a minute. And that's what I want to offer people is just being present with it. So, you know, that's, it's interesting. That's something that I've thought quite a, a bit about and now I've gotten off track and your question has just (laughs)
0: that's okay that's you're perfectly on track because it's like (laughs) you know it's we I think that's one of those things as creatives we well I can only speak for myself but I wrestle with a little bit it's and I think when I'm looking at other people's work and I think oh it would be nice if there were more bits of that in the world but that doesn't always fit in and sometimes it does and sometimes we just don't know how to wrap our arms around that.
1: Oh, okay. So there it is. I'm back. I'm back on the track. So here's one thing I do is every month mu- every month, you know, I send them all out. And because I send them internationally too, I mm-hmm. hold a certain number back just in case something goes wonky. Although to be honest, more I mean, very little goes wonky with them. I'm so grateful. But yeah. more happens just in, in case domestic somebody ones. Get it. Yes. <laughs> than course. in international. Like I swear I can get it to the UK faster than Florida.
0: You'd have a very hard time getting it to bash on I'm just going (laughs) to say.
1: Like, it's just what it, you know, it's just what it is. So then, so like I wait a month or two and then any individual items, not all of the pieces in a mailer, but individual prints and stickers and things I list in my shop. And so that's Mm. what my shop is full of okay they're all pieces of extravagant hope but just one off so that one some people who buy extravagant hope like to go back and get extras you got Mm, a piece you really love so smart of you or or if you didn't get that month and you wanted something and what I do often is someone will reach out say it's in between months so there's no open spots yet for extravagant hope and they need something for themselves or someone else you know Mm -hmm. and they'll say can you essentially just curate A little pack for me can you send me something and so I usually just ask a couple questions where are you what's going on what do you most need and Mm -hmm. then I pick from those shop items and it's like sending extravagant hope just not quite the same and that has been a way to kind of bridge that gap a bit Mm -hmm. because I open spots so I send extravagant hope out on the 14th of every month um, I say the 14th, I start earlier than that. And by the end of the day on the 14th, the last ones are being taken to the post office. Mm. And then usually around the 18th, I open spots for the next month. It gives me a little bit of a rhythm and allows me to kind of get my bearings and get things done, uh, get all the pieces. So people
0: should check your Instagram around the 18th.
1: Yes, and I do send out, I have a an email newsletter, The Pigeon yeah, Post.
0: That's a good one too.
1: And I send that out on the same day just to make it a little easier the same day it releases. So just as like a heads up, like spots are open um, and you get a chance to go in and grab one. I love that. Have you ever had
0: your own card line? Because your words are so, I mean, I, you have cards in your shop, but you have you ever said I'm having a line?
1: No, I haven't. I had a friend who did a really great women's like year long project of workshops and things. And she made... Um, cards, like greeting mm-hmm. cards out of some of my words and artwork that were part of the package. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, but that's when there's that stuff. Yeah.
0: Cause your words are so good. I also was wondering the things you send out, do you print them yourself? Do you have, do you print a, a limited quantity and then you'll have them in the store till they're gone? How do you manage that?
1: Yeah. So I have them printed remotely, the prints and the stickers. The only thing I print in-house here is the letter. And Mm -hmm. usually it's because the letter is the last thing I write because I want it to be most relevant to where we are before I send it out. So that actually happens just days before I package the mailers and send it off. Um, But other ones, I design all the artwork, send it off, and then have those pieces sent to me. And I order just enough for the thing and a little extra so that I can put some in the shop. But I generally don't restock them i kind of like it to be just a limited run there are yeah. a few pieces that have been so well loved and requested over the years that i have restocked those because i, those I mean are. i know what they are i want them too i understand yeah um, but generally they're kind of a more limited
0: i love that so here's kind of maybe a big question what what's your greatest source of inspiration maybe it's not a big question maybe it's easy
1: yeah i think for me that's pretty easy i probably have already it's probably pretty at this point um, my everyday life. And by that, I mean it's beautiful. Um, You know, I midday every day I walk um, mm-hmm. Augie Roo, my dog. And so I walk Augie Roo and I see a lot of the same neighbors, but sometimes we see different neighbors and we have little snippets of conversation. And I watch their gardens grow mm-hmm. and die and grow again. Mm-hmm. And we have a grocery store down the block. And because I cannot ever get all the groceries in one go, I'm there. Every day, probably. And so walking down there and listening to what people are talking to in the line waiting to check out um, the birds that are coming and going from the neighborhood, that is hands down the greatest inspiration, because Mm. it reminds me of my bigness and smallness all at the same Mm. time. Right? I mean... It's, Mm -hmm. we have such an important role to play in just being alive and being here and being tethered to each other. And at the same time, we're such a tiny part of such a big thing. You know, it's, um,
0: I love that that's your inspiration because I feel like really there's so much around us every moment. And, uh, I have a friend visiting right now who is very in touch with, nature I'm just I I pulled that out because I was trying to think of the right thing to say you know sometimes you have a friend visit and you can't wait to go shopping or try this restaurant or go to a museum or whatever and this particular friend uh is really in touch with nature and seeing a day through her eyes and how she sees it is it just makes me think about it slightly different you know you get we kind of get used to what's around us sometimes and just the fact that you even saying you see their gardens grow and die and grow again and that there's so much beauty and all these things around us. And I feel like often we we feel like we have to take so much in, but it's it is that daily routine, if you call it, you know, how a flower grows, how a how you get from one place to the next. Is there a smile on your face today mm-hmm. that that's always going to be there? yeah where we are and to be able to tap into that and in, as inspiration is it's what we all have no matter who you are and where you are you all have we all have what's in front of us every day so what's the inspiration in that instead of having to i mean we were forced to sit with that for 3 plus years and it changed things mm-hmm. so that that's beautiful inspiration i love that Okay. I had, I had more. Oh, I know. So I have a couple, a a couple of thoughts. I get, there's a couple of people, there's a couple of apps where you can get a text every day or text whenever you respond to a DM a certain way, but I get good words. I'm not going to know his last name right now, but it's somebody named Corey Corey and his last name starts with an M and I, I found him on Instagram and I signed up for his text and they just come through every day and it's a thought and it's obviously derived from, it, there's a lot of hope there. There's a lot of kind of, what are you going through? And I just thought, Ooh, how can I get Brandy texts? every day? Yeah,
1: <laughs> It's a good idea. I've I'm in the, so extravagant hope has been going almost three full years now. Like I'm, you know, on this, um, and I love it so dearly. It's such, it has become such a gift and I'm starting to realize like, at some point I'll have to think of what the next step is. And that I don't just mean growing. Cause I don't know that it, right. It's not going to grow in the same way. And two, a lot of people have been with me from the beginning. At some point we need to shift and grow there. We need something new, even if we're Mm going to stay together, like we need something new. And so I've been thinking about what those next steps are, like what's the natural evolution of this project. And so it's interesting. I've been thinking about similar things to that. Like how do, how can I show up for people holding that same space, Mm -hmm. That making that same room but maybe the package shifts slightly Mm -hmm. or you know the way that kind of comes around and so it's a it's a good time to to have those ideas coming around because I'm Mm -hmm. I'm too tired in this moment to get there but that moment is coming I can feel it it's like Mm -hmm. if if I'm watching my own garden something is is gonna grow and so like I'm keeping an eye on watching those little things. That's a
0: perfect metaphor because it
1: really is. And we do,
0: the seed has to be planted, right? Mm -hmm. It has to, you have to care for it and you know it's coming. It's like my dahlias are just popping right now, but I, it's like watching a boiling, watch pot never boils. Like, come on little dahlia, come on. I know you're going to be here and I know you're going to be here for a while and that's going to make me so happy. But there's so much, there's beauty in the anticipation. Mm -hmm. And there's something there's a lot that goes into having your own business because it has to ebb and flow. You can't, you know, you. there was a point where you didn't send out hope every month and then mm-hmm. you've thought, thought, I need to do this and I'd love to do this. And now that's growing, but what's my next way to build my business or change it depending on what your, what your needs are. And yeah, we will stand by. Have you ever thought about producing your own journals for people to use?
1: That request has come up a number of times over the years. And I think that the Enneagram 4 in me, which is raging and wild, um, mm-hmm. struggles with it because I would have a hard time using a journal, someone else's, you know, because I'm well, like, it's more oh, specific then. Like this is fine, but like, oh, you chose that cover or why did you put this on the page? <laughs> or, um And so that's a hurdle that's really hard for me to get past. Yeah. What I could see myself doing is, making, um, some kind of really interesting, not cheesy interactive, like workbook or something yeah. that got people to engage with whatever journal and they have in a way. Yeah. I
0: love Which, that. Well, and I saw you have some prompts, little prompt pages, right?
1: Yeah. In your, um, in your store. no, no, but I, a lot of people use a lot of those things for
0: or prompts Oh, I for prompts. Enough.
1: Yeah, I don't think I know what you're so like a at. little
0: square with a yes, drawing for over memory
1: it. keeping. Okay, so okay, I still keep some of the things that I made when I was really doing a lot of memory keeping, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. one of them was those prompts to get me to record the things from the day. What did I gotcha. eat? What was I listening to? Mm-hmm, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, and I keep them in there because people still seem to really want them, and I love that. Um, they I tell you it, what they want. It Yes. And it tells us that we need someone to nudge us to pay attention. Sometimes it's hard always to nudge ourselves. We need someone else to say, what did you eat? What did you listen to? What do you love? Mm. Well, I, I just,
0: again, there's every once in a while, I'll come across a page like yours where I really want to spend time there. So I just, I hope you know that you really do make a difference. It's Your thoughts are well-received and timely. Thank you. That means a lot to me. So I have a question about supplies. And I know you said any journal, but do you have a favorite journal and like a favorite pen or anything, watercolors, things like that, your go-to?
1: Yes. So um, my most favorite journal is it's the handbook brand, um, which is kind of a linen-covered Journal. They come in a lot of different sizes. I like the one that's, it's like eight and a quarter by eight and a quarter, I think. Okay. Um. It's kind of square when you open it, obviously it's a rectangle, but uh, that is a great one. I think it's owned by Speedball now. So mm-hmm. that might be a way to search for it too, but it's like handbook great, um, and it's up. watercolor paper. I but so, so not including the journal that I'm doing now, which is just a dot grid notebook. Um, I like to start with watercolor paper because I know it'll hold up to whatever I get inspired to put on it later. Yeah. So I'm not like later thinking, oh, I can't use this paint or something. And because I like using brush pens a lot. So one of my favorite things um, is a good Japanese brush pen, especially the kind that have the refillable mm. kind of cartridge on them, which you can get. Anywhere now. I mean, I can get them in town. Jetpins is a really great resource if someone is a place where they don't have a great, you know, art store online. Jetpins Mm -hmm. has a huge array of them. And honestly, having the journal, having a good brush pen, something that you can be really fluid with that doesn't keep your writing super rigid Mm -hmm. uh, because it allows you to play a little bit more. And then a method of color whether Mm. that be a marker, you know, like a Tombow marker or watercolor, my watercolors of choice are case for making from San Francisco.
0: Nice. Yes.
1: Um, they're all handmade. I know they're a little pricier, but when I started, I just picked like three colors that I loved Mm -hmm. and I've added to my collection over time and they are the best pigments. Those are, those are inspiration just in a little color pot. So I always recommend if someone um, wants to play with color, just get a couple colors. You don't have to yeah. have the entire rainbow You can make to more do colors from two colors. Yeah. You know, I use a lot of stamps in my work, like alphabet stamps and date stamps, and I only use one color ink pad. Mm. And it's what? not black, surprisingly. It's Yeah. What is it? Yeah. I don't, unfortunately, I think they've stopped making it, but it's called Habanero okay. and it's by Versafine ink. Uh, mm-hmm. They probably have a similar color now. Mm-hmm. And I think some people are still selling the smaller pads of it, but I've decided that orangey red is kind of my go-to yeah. signature color. So picking one color that you really love. Oh, that's a good tip. You don't have to have 75 ink pads that you have to figure out where to put them and pull them out. And I'm not patient enough for that. So figure out like what's what color makes you feel alive or colors, a couple of them.
0: That's a Great tip.
1: And that's just simple things, simple things. Yeah.
0: Do you have a favorite pen, like a black pen? What... I was wondering what you used in your, your newer journal. You're the one that you're digging into. Is that a brush pen or is that a regular pen?
1: Um, it's, well, it's multiple things. I use the brush pen and then I use fountain pens. So I am, I'm a fountain pen writer. I grew up with a dad who was, who was very adamant about good penmanship and fountain pens. Every, um, Valentine's we'd get a fountain pen and a little box of chocolates. So, you know, they're having a resurgence now. Fountain pens are cool again, which I adore. Um it's I do, been I love so great pen. like seeing everyone love them and there are affordable options now too. Ooh, very. Um mm-hmm. I tend to save up and invest in mine so mine are a little bit. I love that. You know, I keep them forever and I refill them and but that's also a great way to decide do you like your writing to be really thin and precise or do you right. like it to be thicker?
0: There's something about choosing a pen too that makes me want to put that pen to paper. Yes. A fountain pen. We we used to in junior high, junior high? What was junior high? A rapidiograph. Like the finest yes. point you could get when it used to clog and all that. Mm-hmm. And we would write, Nip. see my friend Stephanie and I would write as tiny as we could. I love a pen that's a real pen. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. Oh, good tips. Thank yeah. you. I think I have to sign up for, for the journaling class. Tell us a little bit I know you mentioned puzzles, but how to find that for you and how to find your, your spots and the best places to,
1: yeah, so people so, can look up. So I'm primarily just on Instagram. So I put everything in my link in bio because I, I can only bear to do one good social one. media. It's, it's yeah. all I can do. It's there's
0: all... a lot there. It's very easy to navigate.
1: <laughs> so on it, you'll be able to see there's a link for my newsletter, for um, my shop, For my classic get messy. Um, and they have great options for like just getting the class or signing up for a subscription with them. So there's multiple things there, but the links will take you to all of it. And if I'm sold out of spots for extravagant hope, I mean, two things is one sign up for the newsletter. So, you know, when they open again, Mm -hmm. um, or two, if you're in desperate need, reach out to me. Um, because sometimes like I was able to do yesterday, I recalculated and I had some more spots. So I always tell people that too. Um, so it's, I try to make it as accessible as possible.
0: You know, I think that comes along with needing hope, right? Sometimes we just really do. So I love that you can kind of take the pulse on that and, and leave room. That's really great. Tell me who's inspiring you these days.
1: Oh goodness. Um, so I have been recently digging back to some old favorites. I, answered some interview questions for someone the other day and I was telling them they're asking me what creative texts I read and I was like well often it's not it's not like the artist way or something I love people's letters so artists letters Mm -hmm. um which are so often bound um and published these days which is probably problematic but I it's beautiful (laughs) at the same time um Flannery O'Connor's letters are some of my Mm -hmm. most favorite I mean she's a favorite of mine she's so complicated and um and mm. wonderful, but her letters are a great source of inspiration. So I've been going back to them right. um, and that has been great. So I've been digging back to uh, old works and, and going from there.
0: I love that thought. Nobody has said that before letters. And I think that there's always a window in just revisiting somebody's thoughts where very likely They weren't meant for anybody to read them or they didn't think a bunch of people were going to be reading them but sometimes that's that's why that's that's the privilege of it
1: it's when two people are talking openly and usually hopefully pretty honestly about what it is to be alive which is what's happening in letters whatever the subject matter is you get these really beautiful gems of their creative process or you know how they're seeing the world which is the same thing we're doing right now i mean someone could listen to this later and yeah. feel the same way. It's just right. us talking about being alive, but they'll pull something out of it that's just so inspiring. And so letters are such a great, but Flannery O'Connor's letters and the poet Elizabeth Bishop, her letters mm-hmm. with Robert Lowell, it was published mm-hmm. in a book called Words and Air. Mm-hmm. It's a huge tome. Um, check it out from the library though. And it is rich with how they were just both incredible poets, but also humans just yeah. trying to figure out how to be here. Yeah, Really inspiring.
0: The other cool thing about letters and, and and volumes of bound letters is that we don't write so many letters anymore. So it's a window, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which I appreciate that you do. You do send. Any other inspirations? Oh, goodness. Do you want me to tell you what you, re- what you said?
1: Yes. The okay. thing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have cliff notes. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. I would love a cliff notes.
0: I'll do one at a time. Lucille Clifton.
1: Oh, always Lucille. Always Lucille, it's the poets for me. It's the poets. It's the poets. Because
0: you're a wordsmith and a word lover. And I think yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Your neighbor, a block over, whose entire front yard is full of various types of poppies.
1: The poppies. I have to she come has, see that. She has these purple poppies that I had oh never seen goodness. before walking. Her yard we have a lot of poppies in our neighborhood our neighborhood is we have a lot of master gardeners that live here but they're all master gardeners who have started transitioning to kind of wild natural you know so the pollinator Uh so like they have their dahlias but they also have all these like wild poppies and just it's incredible I was about to Mm -hmm. say before you was the gardens the flowers around here Mm -hmm. I do not grow them personally but I very much appreciate watching them come and go
0: and it uh, sounds like you're surrounded
1: as surrounded yes there
0: was a poppy there's a there's a flower there's a person here who you can buy plant starts from and I thought oh I'll plant this poppy and it came up looking like oh, vintage French pale mauve to dark purple crepe paper or something mm-hmm. like uh, I've it was gorgeous yeah I never say anything like it so I was just very in awe of that I love a yard full of poppies imagine that
1: okay it's just so wonderful
0: your last one was which I completely agree with the quilters of G's bend
1: oh yeah I have one of the quilts you do I've never met anybody that had one of their quilts. And here's what's even more precious. It's not one of the really great abstract ones that we, so it has a better story. My friend Robina, I'm in a group of women that meet every week um, and they're all 30 to 40 years my senior. And Robina in the 60s, I guess, went to G's Ben as part of a volunteer group who was teaching literacy and other, there were a lot of, because that was such a removed community. Yeah. For and sure. so she went and they that's what she was doing was, you know, literacy, like reading and writing and but she got to know the women and that was when they were producing they were just starting to produce the quilts for oh my gosh, now I blinked. It wasn't Bloomingdale's. It was the one of the stores in New York. Yeah. Was having them make quilts and Birddorfs. that's how they were maybe Birddorfs? that's how they remember. were trying to help Get some viability for them, Mm -hmm, you know. mm -hmm. I mean, it ends up being a complicated that was it's messy, as all of it is messy, but they had them make more traditional, like star shapes and Mm -hmm. you know what you think of. And and so when she left, they gave her a quilt. And so last year, sometime she's been downsizing and um, as she says, she is in the last stages of her life. And so she's been Mm -hmm. thinking about where she wants the pieces to be, and she's offhandedly said. You know, I have a quilt from G's Bend. Would you like it? Mm. <laughs> and I stopped breathing for a minute. I was like, I." Oh. I would. She's like, "Well, it's it's been well used and loved." So, like, there's a little bare spot, you know, oh my gosh, kind of where I s- where I sit on the quilt to like tie my shoes. And I was like, "Oh, the fact that it was used and loved—that she didn't just put it even up on better. the wall in a closet." It's so, just... can
0: you give listeners who might not—some people listening in other countries might not know about G's Bend? Oh, quotes. yes.
1: Um, so these women in this community, I'm trying to think if there are any men who could, I don't I think it was most of the women in this They very, use men's
0: clothes, certainly they but... use the
1: men's clothes. A lot of them worked at like the Sears factory and that's mm-hmm. what they had where the fabric, the denim, the corduroy, the, so they made abstract quilts out of them and abstract in a time when it wasn't necessarily known or cool. And I, they weren't necessarily trying to make it known or cool. No, They were they just were trying just to put together these time. pieces and learning the practice of quilting which is of storytelling and of being together you know in these kind of quilting bee situations and a number of years ago I was living in Georgia at the time because I traveled to all the museums when the exhibit went live so a man went discovered them I put quotes (laughs) they can't see that but you know discovered them which is dicey but um and was trying to theoretically help them to become more well-known to sell the quilts they made and through that, they ended up doing a really beautiful exhibit that traveled around the country. There's been a number of them since then. This was the first run mm-hmm. um, and it started and it was down around the South and the women traveled with mm-hmm. um, the pieces and just incredible. I got to meet some of the women at some of the Did stocks. you really? There was wow. one in South Carolina where they were there. I said nothing good and tangible. I just kind of fumbled out of my mouth. Like this is my Madonna, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> I am not, I'm not vying for a ticket to taylor swift but i would absolutely pay that kind of money if i got to just sit and like quilt with these women you know so i follow i went to all of them that i could that they were there um but they just they used what they had they used what they had which is what i'm trying to do all the time oh that Um, makes
0: such good sense that that you love it so much
1: and it's why i love poets so much they do so much with so little Mm -hmm. you know one line can tell you an entire story Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, those, those quilters and you can find a lot about them online now. It's much more accessible. So so it's
0: G-E-E-S bend, G's bend. And I encourage you, even if you do know about them, just spend some time with those visuals and the colors. And yeah, it's a beautiful thing. There's a soundtrack too, because they used to sing. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm
1: it's beautiful there's a film there's a documentary film that was made that's pretty easy to track down the books are not I unfortunately never I at the time when I was traveling to see them I was an undergrad I could barely just afford to like go to the cities so I could never afford any of the books and now I absolutely cannot afford any of the books we have them at the library and the museum so on my are list they breaks, I go up. print yes and so
0: so when I when I um need to move my G's book along it's coming to you okay I have the big fat coffee table (laughs) one
1: it's a and it's just so so beautiful but I highly recommend it
0: that you have will you put a picture of it in your stories and tag me or just send me a picture sometime if if that's not appropriate I would oh my goodness what a (laughs) beautiful thing
1: you'll be I think there's something enchanting that it's such a normal quilt, you know, it just looks like a quilt your grandma made and not what we're used to seeing from their styles. But the fact that, you know, that they did that trying to make more of a living trying, because someone said, we can get you out of this level of poverty and how complicated that is. There's Mm -hmm. so much tenderness. We're going to talk about tenderness. There's so Mm -hmm. much tenderness in that quilt.
0: Tenderness. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think when you When you look at some of the pictures of the houses they lived in and it was, you know, there was newspaper on the walls to kind of try and keep the wind from blowing through and, and to, to be air quotes again, discovered, like, what does that even mean? You know, are, are we being taken advantage of or what, but every once in a while, there are things that we come across and often it's cultural. I feel like this is cultural mm-hmm. and of a certain time, but these are the discoveries and the words and the things again, that even if you just thought about that in the morning and, and what word comes up and then what journal entry that is, you're encouraging, you know, many of us listening to, to tap into some of those things. So,
1: yeah.
0: oh my gosh, Brandy, what a delightful conversation. I, I knew I would have fun talking to you, but I really was looking forward to it.
1: This has been wonderful. This has been good. I feel like now I'm just ready to go be in the world. You know, that feeling where you're like, oh, right. This is why I love being here. Thank you so much.
0: Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.